delighted to have you in the podcast where all stories are welcome and the masks come off. Hi Archana. Hi Sheba, how are you? I'm very good, thank you and welcome to Soul Brews with Sheba. I'm so delighted to have you on Coffee and Soul. I echo that emotion. I'm um, I'm really happy you thought of me and I'm I'm really glad you invited me to be part of this conversation. The, the Coffee and Soul and Soul Brews will not be complete without having you for a Soul <laughs> Brew with me. Yeah, we so. we do go a long way, so yes, <laughs> I, right. I I deserve to be in this conversation, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sheba. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So Thank you for being here and what we're going to do now is you have your cup of coffee with you of course so what i will do is yes to life archana yes to life shiba and to friendship absolutely mm. yeah coffee i hope your coffee is as good as mine <laughs> we we need to compare notes at some point i know we need to meet to know that <laughs> i know i know archana as you hold your cup of coffee can i ask you to just hold that brew in your hand shut your eyes close your eyes if you can just tell me what image comes to your mind whatever it i'm uh, i'm thinking of home bombay my uh, parents where they live who i haven't seen for months now are alone i I can uh, I can hear the fan you know I live in Dubai we don't have fans here so I can hear the fan distinctly I can hear the sounds of cooking I can see my mother praying and uh, Tarana talking with her nana saying that she wants to drink fruit tea which we don't get in Dubai <laughs> and khari biscuits and mahalakshmi chivra at safe puri <laughs> Yeah so I'm thinking yeah it's home and, and my parents I ask it whenever you're ready to open your eyes thank you and and what what is this bringing up in you all that you've said but where are you today vis-a-vis home um of course physically very distant um but emotionally much much closer than i felt in a long time much much closer so you know just wanting to you know we we come back to india very very frequently and we haven't managed to because of covid so just the i feel like even i feel emotionally a lot more attached and a lot closer to you know to you know to india to being with my parents to bombay to to all of that so definitely not disconnected at all just the physical distances yeah and this what you just said was so evocative uh, yeah it, it's 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 true actually i i i really didn't plan it as i you know i shared with you yeah. a little bit earlier yeah. that i have watched a couple of your videos and um so i i i thought that you might ask me that question and i tried very hard not to prepare you know how much i love preparing control freak i am but i said i'm i'm going to let it go i'm not, i'm not going to think of it but i think my parents are constantly on my mind and and, and of course so it's 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 this thinking of them comes from an unselfish place but also from a selfish place because i need to be with them and i need to hear the sound of you know the the pressure cooker and my mom's agar batti and you know the dal ka tadka and my father telling me aaj mutton leke aao ki jalebi leke aao you know it's yeah. i i just i just it's like i'm just missing that so much <laughs> yeah. and i i completely hear that when you say this and so all these sounds and these these conversations and the subtext of what you uh what does it uh, what does it bring up in you actually what does it you know the sound of the pressure cooker mother pray dad ask it can i think the predominant theme would be love and you know i think uh, when when you're much younger it's uh, it's more difficult to appreciate it i would always tell my mom you know what is it i'm not coming to bombay to eat you know i eat really good food and it's not like you know i'm starved or something and i think over a period of time i've realized it's an expression of her love you know so all of that you know her 
ask me what you want to eat and my daughter tarana always often says you know if i'm sitting and nani just sees me sitting she give me something to eat so you know what's trying to stay out of sight you know but yeah i think it's 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 love and i think um, the other thing that you know that i think of as a subtext is i'm not sure routine is not the right word but familiarity yeah. i think familiarity because right now this whole covid situation is so unfamiliar to all of us not just me and i'm one of the fortunate few so i i and that would be my that would be the third third feeling emotion or the thing that i'm not expressing that would be the third thing the second as i said is just that familiarity and that comfort of you know yeah yeah being able to reach out to love people just being able to go out and have a conversation with people which i cannot have but there's also a huge amount of gratitude you know when i think of my parents and their home that they're safe exactly. you know they have full time help yes they're bored but you know we call them up my brother my sister and i call them up every day i'm sure so, you know, all of you yeah yeah you know we got a devoted family and, <laughs> yes. and everybody loves to talk for a long time <laughs> we have one hour zoom calls wow. every week <laughs> you guys should be as an example for how <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So it is um so yeah I think it's all these three things uh, uh Shiba there's there's love there is a familiarity of a routine and there's gratitude yeah. all of that. Well thank you so much for sharing because particularly in these times words such as what you're using and particularly the emotion of love I think is overpowering because of what we all as humanity is going through. Yeah. And uh, yeah. what is bringing us through this are these eternal things that we maybe somewhere lose sight. Yeah. And I think also that it gives you the opportunity to think beyond yourself yes. you know so i i read a lot of stuff um, about coping by you know being uh, by you know my through mindfulness yes. through exercise and i'm not disagreeing with any of it but i feel there should be equal focus for people like us who are you know very very fortunate that what can you do for somebody else yes. just for no reason no expectation just something that you know makes another person feel good and i feel often you know times like this give us the opportunity you know to be able to do that you know to just pause and say what can i do to make a difference to someone else's life we don't i mean i think all of us are good human beings i'm not i'm not here to preach and say that we don't do enough but i think a crisis often you know evolutionary psychology says you know your instincts your primal instincts kick in and i think some of the thing about you know working out eating healthy drinking lots of water mindfulness they're great i think it's a little bit enough in in a focus if you don't balance that with thinking actively of what you can do for someone else absolutely so some oh. of the gratitude for you know covid i mean not for covid but during this time is that you know we're all safe and healthy the people that i love are and that you know it has given me you know a moment to pause and think about you know what i could do better sure sure and what you're saying is so right when you talk about you know this is thing to do for others instead of otherwise we tend to get a little self obsessed right and just looking at and then i think that's just what you're bringing out beautifully actually if i was to ask you to reflect on your life till now could you share with us some some of your highs some of your lows your learnings it's been a very interesting journey you've had <laughs> it has no <laughs> um begin wherever you'd like yeah so so i think so i think my biggest high has been the fact that i've managed to walk the path which has made me a little bit more change agile mm. and the world has forced it upon me it's not that i chose to be change agile you know it's just that papa decided to go from you know delhi to thailand and then from thailand to hong kong and hong kong to india and then india to shanghai so it's it's not that i wanted my life to be that way but i do see i do see a change in myself where i'm more resilient mm. and i'm more 
more agile. So it's not one moment in my life. So, you know, when I'm describing a high, it's not that one moment in my life. It's a series of events where I see that I cope better. I'm able to land more quickly. I'm able to, you know, see what might be more appropriate behavior, less appropriate behavior mm. in a in a new country or with a new people. So for me, that has been a very big, um, very big high. Mm. Mm. What has been a low? Um, Honestly, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to sound very privileged, but I, I, I don't, I mean, I don't have a, uh, so I'm trying to think of something that was, um, actually, if, if I, yeah, I, I will share with you a really low point, and I think you would, uh, you would know about it. I think the lowest point in my life, and this is an event, when I was working with an organization, <clears throat> and I didn't stand up to my values, you know, which is being honest and transparent. I was, I was heading HR, and um, my role as an HR head was to be completely, uh, to be fair to everybody. <laughs> to let everybody have a voice mm. but i didn't allow that mm. you know i chose sides and that was really against my values um but i did it i still succumb you know ego insecurity and i and i remember that i remember that even now i see it not just as a low i see it as one of my biggest feelings but there's a learning in that you know when i think when you when you do something so that in your eyes you fall so badly you say you're never going to do it again you're never ever you know going to allow yourself to be influenced by others in that so that was definitely a low and i think you know you know <laughs> what what i'm talking about it was it was uh, not good but would you agree that that was probably one of the biggest gifts when you Look at it in hindsight because it it kind of shaped who you became, isn't it? The choices you made thereafter. I mean, Absolutely, and you know, so I was going to come to my learning, and yeah. it was my biggest learning was really knowing that that is that is not who I am, but I chose to allow myself to be that way, and that is in my circle of influence. No one was to blame. I was, and therefore I had to take the power back. So there was a very big learning, and I carry that in my head all the time. And one of my favorite quotations is, you know, the boiling water that hardens the egg softens the potato. So I'm not a victim of my circumstance because the circumstances are, you know, is is the same for many people. People, but people react differently so I choose it for me that was a huge learning but the other learning also was that I needed to do something about it that I, that I wasn't able to intuitively or instinctively bring out compassion and empathy in myself and that when I felt threatened I did have the fight response mm. that was also my learning that I mean I think that some people just can be more compassionate I was not one of them and I think that's when my journey for coaching started mm. you know as I often say you know when I die the epitaph on my grave will be yeah died a person trying to be empathetic. <laughs> it's, a life, it's a lifelong journey for me. I'm constantly trying to be even better. <laughs> but that was a second, you know, that was the second learning that because it didn't come, didn't come so naturally to me, maybe I needed um, to go through some learning, uh, some structure, uh, and you know, and just self-reflection. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's how my coaching journey started, and it's been amazing. Yeah, and looking at the kind of response and the feedback you get now, I would see there's been a huge shift, and I, I think you could really take a bow in terms of how you how you worked and made this happen for yourself in terms of the empathy muscle. And I'm not just being facetious about this. Actually. No, I know you're not. So you know, uh, you're you're saying it, you're acknowledging it. Um, 
you know is means a lot to me and you know as you know you were you were one of my uh, uh, you were one of the people who in, sort of in a sense influenced me you know to take up coaching not because influence as in because i saw you and i saw that you know it, it how much it enriched you and how how much it meant to you i said you know maybe this is something that that would also make me a different person yeah. so yeah no it means a lot to me that you know you can in a you know you can sense absolutely that. absolutely and and it's been mutual no? uh, our give and take continues so yes that's us you know Ashna, this this is something that I've seen in you for many years now. Is this refusal to be victimized? This refusal to be, and I think that is such a powerful thing, and possibly uh, a role model for many. Uh, if it only could be, you know, if you only, I, I don't even know if you see the full strength of that. I don't yeah. see it at all. Actually, for me, it's a, it's a. If it was not on video, and I, I know that if people can see me, my jaw would have been dropping. I didn't realize that actually. Yeah, it is. It's amazing, and it's so powerful. Is the ability. to take everything in your stride and do something about it without getting back and uh, I, i think if and i wonder where this where this start where this uh, this thing came about because it's very powerful that's really interesting actually you know i to be honest you know i've never consciously thought of it i think some of it may have come from when i was in school and i went to a fairly elite school mm. and uh, but my family was not very elite <laughs> we were like you know normal very very middle class mom and dad both working you know mm-hmm. trying to make ends meet and i had very rich friends and uh, it's interesting even at that time i sometimes had to make choices which were quite difficult when they went to expensive restaurants mm-hmm. and i know that i couldn't afford it and um, i just learned to say that I, i you know i cannot come i would lie i would make an excuse and um, i'd feel bad but not not very i think it w- it was okay and i think this pattern and you know it sounds like such a silly and small example it's not like you know something earth shattering happened and a huge loss but I think sometimes who we are what makes us is a series of events. Mm-hmm. So for some people it might be one single event which is mm-hmm. very very traumatic or or just very fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think for me it's been a series of events. So just the fact that I went to a very elite school, my parents were very we were very middle class. We never mm-hmm. wore really great clothes. We never went to expensive restaurants mm-hmm. and therefore I had to find a way to bow out of those interactions but still continue being friends with people. You know, yeah. I think I just learned to navigate that. Amazing. and then it continued even in college you know because Amazing. the same friends that i had in school i carried with me uh you know in college so i had to continue sort of navigating that you know and uh, yeah i think i did it yeah i guess i'm thinking as as yes, as, as we're talking because uh, i i never thought of it that way you know i never i never thought of it that way maybe it's a quality that you know pavan my husband puts you know in a different way he says you have you have just the amazing ability to laugh at yourself even when things is when things are really bad you're just able to see something positive laugh and move on yeah. so maybe that was it because it's you know how do you how do you victimize yourself for you know the fact that you don't have enough money or you know wearing the best clothes and that your parents are doing the best they can you know yeah and that is a world view that is a perspective and yeah. again i want to say that it's uh, so for some people it's hard one it takes a lot of work but you have it naturally and exactly. that is clearly such a strength archana and such a thing to be um i we i'll come back to this when we talk about the unique lens uh with this uh if i was to ask you a metaphor for life what do you think it would be you could have a few but what is it that you know you fall back i think definitely sunny skies i think spaces where people can read 
I, I don't know. I don't know how to say. It. I don't know whether it's a metaphor, but the you know the beauty of just meeting strangers who impact you. Those chance encounters. Uh, I mean, I tend to savor and keep those in my memory a lot more than you know people that I might meet every weekend or you know. Does does that make sense? Totally, totally. But definitely, sunny sky is a place where people can read. Mm. You know, just out in the open, not in a library, maybe not not even just yeah, just the freedom to to do that and be so beautiful. Yeah. And chance encounters. And, yeah, and chance encounters. I mean, it's beautiful. just uh, beautiful. Yeah, well, I think there are you know there are people that I've met you know in India and uh, in New York who, who made such an impact on me. Just and I know I'm never going to meet them again. That is, I think, the beauty, isn't it? That's somehow yeah. you just you just you travelers on the path you meet, you exchange. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Thank you. I think that was so beautiful. What you, what you <laughs> said. Is there anything you feel you could have done differently? Generally, in my life. Yeah. In, in you know in retrospect when you think about it ah uh, you know maybe this is something that i could have done differently or thought about differently or... yeah so you know in hindsight vision is always 2020 yeah. and yeah. so i'm not going to be very hard on myself and yeah. i'm not going to say it's like a deep abiding regret in me but i i think that you know when i was uh, 23 years old and i thought i was very ambitious and competitive and i wanted to be the head of a head of hr for a multinational company and earn lots of money i i wish i'd known i was in that you know it, it took me many years mm. to know that I am very driven, by the way. I am mm. very driven mm. uh, and I'm very ambitious, but mm. for very different stuff. You know, I wish that, you know, maybe if I was more self-reflective, I would have known that I'm not an extrovert, you know. <laughs> <laughs> when I read that book that you gifted me, I said, ambivert, that's me, that's me. <laughs> And um, how all my life I've struggled with, you know, when I when I work and at the end of the day, people say, oh, come on, let's go out for a drink and let's discuss what happened. I'm like, I just want to curl in bed with, you know, night cream on my face and a book <laughs> and just and read. But, you know, never having the courage to actually say it. Yeah. I wish I'd known. I, I wish I'd known that, I, that what I thought of myself as a 23 year old, 28 year old, as a 30 year old was not all of me. I can't say it was not me at all. But it was not mm. all of me. Mm. I was consumed by the belief that that was me. Mm. When I speak, people will need to listen. So I need to be really high energy, impactful, smart. I have to be the one who asks the first question always. <laughs> <laughs> And um, yeah, but I'm not. I'm not that. Yeah, and yeah, and um, and that journey itself is, uh, I think, um, so rich. Yeah, that space to this what you just spoke about. So if I if looking at being an ambivert, uh, how does that play out for you? You said girl up, and but what are the different spaces that you know the different aspects of being an ambivert? So sometimes extroverted, sometimes introverted, sometimes what? How does it play out for you? So very clearly because I, I love training. I really yeah. do, you yeah. know. And so when I'm training, I'm an extrovert. Not only because I owe it to my participants, but I really enjoy that. And I really enjoy the process of facilitation where I learn from them, they learn from me. Yeah. And I think it's a it's a it's a very, very rich process. Yeah. And therefore I'm naturally an extrovert during that, that time. It's, there's really very little stress or tension. There is I'm always worried when I come across a participant that I'm not able to handle well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there isn't that all-consuming fear that people feel when you know they're speaking in public. I, I don't have that. I really enjoy the facilitation process. So that's where my extrovert nature comes out. But then when we have lunchtime, and I know a lot of them want to come and talk to me, I actually just want to sit back and think, you know, could I have said something differently? Mm. You know, when that person challenged me, did I answer appropriately? Did I sound too aggressive? Should I? I, I just need that space. So mm -hmm. like even 
even in, in, you know, in, in my coaching practice, I sometimes have coaches who tell me that they do five, six coaching sessions in a day. And I just can't. I know it would be efficient to do it, but I can't do more than two. Mm-hmm. Because after each of them, I go in, I ponder on my notes. <laughs> <laughs> what could be done? <laughs> you know, this slow plodding way of doing stuff. So... And so I think it, it it balances out reasonably well, mm. you know, and there are moments when I need to force myself to be an extrovert. So when we, if we're going out on a weekend night, mm. when I'm not meeting p- people that I particularly identify with, but I feel it's not their fault. You know, they were all together. Why should I, why should I ruin somebody else's evening by being quiet and sulky and not, mm-hmm. you know, engaging with them? It, mm. it's, it's, it's not their fault that they're different from me and it doesn't sure. make me better. Then I do put up a bit of a front. Mm-hmm. But that's not very often. I would say that the interplay uh, of, you know, extroversion and introversion, it plays out in my work life quite well. And therefore, going back to your previous question, you know, what would I have done differently? This recognition that I have a need to engage, but also to disengage. Mm-hmm. And therefore, choosing mm-hmm. a career that I have Mm. you know doing a consulting piece and then going back and thinking about it on how you could improve your practice or do things differently or then just letting it go mm-hmm. you know it it manages itself reasonably well i would say beautiful and so there is a there is a there is a balance that you have found and you walk that balance with ease yes I mean, of course, I'm not going to turn back time because, you know, even working with the corporates that I did and I learned a lot, you know, it shaped me, um, it uh, pushed me, it developed my confidence, Mm. my ability to think on my feet, to be Mm. more politically savvy. So I'm not going to take away from any of that. But perhaps I might have rushed into being a consultant a little bit faster, you know, sure. uh, instead of going through this angst of, you know, I need to achieve and why am I not promoted yet? And why am I not earning the same amount of money and all of that? I, I, I could have just realized it's not. So you're right, Shiba. I think that, um, you know, I do balance that reasonably well. Yes, that's true. If I was to ask you, Archana, what is your unique legacy? So your unique lens, how you look at, as I, and I say this every time to say, you know, what Archana brings, nobody else brings. It's, it's who you are. And it's like being a, this whole universe is a multifaceted thing and you are one facet and nobody else can take that. Yeah. If I was to ask you, what do you think you bring to humankind? What would be your unique gift? What do you think? So, so I think it might operate at two levels. I think mm-hmm. one is in, in a business or let's say in a work scenario, I think my, you know, maybe my ability to sometimes um, listen to what somebody is actually not saying, you know, and therefore, and therefore getting to the issue quite quickly saying, is this what's really happening? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. or you're not saying this, but is this what you're actually feeling? Mm-hmm. So I, I think sometimes what, what I hear from my colleagues is they find that quite valuable. But what means more to me, and I'm realizing this, you know, as I'm growing older, that, you know, my I, I value my intellect less than I value my heart. And I think it's um, that if I believe in something my ability to give and i don't mean this to come out in an arrogant way is is a lot i mean i can i can really stretch I can really stretch to, you know, to give love or to take, you know, to uh, to help somebody who's in need, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, again, as I said, you know, I know that people who do far more than I do, far, far more than I do. Um, but I know it's constantly my endeavor to, you know, to think of, you know, who I can help, what I can do better, to be constantly grateful that, you know, we're financially so stable and therefore how can I share my wealth rather than always create more wealth? Um, yeah, I think, I think, um, I, I don't know whether that makes me special. I don't want, I, I don't like I don't like to think that you know I'm like oh so great no one's like me because I know that the world is just full of people who are so kind but this is what I try to what I try to do to create you know my own little space in the universe 
Yeah, and I second that because I think the one word that you use a lot, engagement interaction with you through these years, is kindness. It yeah. is often, you, you say it so often, and I know that you be it so often as well. Because, uh, I mean, I've had examples even in the recent past at what happened lockdown, the way you responded to what we were doing in terms of trying to help the migrant workers and all of that. And not just there, I mean, it's everywhere. It's in uh, with animals. It's So I'm seeing um, this kindness that you talk about that, um, uh, as you said, you're stretching to give love when you really, yeah. I think that's very unique culture. Now. And I'm not saying this because, you know, you're, uh, I think I really believe each one is. And I think yes, this is your indeed. unique gift. Yeah. Um, yeah, I try very hard. I would say I, I, I try really very hard to, you know, to be kind, to be very, and to be, to sometimes do it quite uh, mindfully because it's so easy not to be mindful about it. You know, when you live in a nice, you know, apartment, you have, you know, a fantastic helper at home and, you know, your husband's doing well, your daughter's by and large easy and everything is good, you know. Mm-hmm. It's so easy not to be mindful. So, I, yeah, I do try and, in a sense, be deliberate about it if I can. So that's fabulous. That's fabulous. Is there anything else? If there was something you would like to say to, say, somebody who is just starting out and, I, and it's probably on the same journey as you is there anything that you would like to just share and say to say oh anything that you'd like to give even as and i don't mean advice here no 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 no. i i yeah i mean i don't like all this exactly it's just Um, your your reflection you know one of the things which has impacted me a lot and i think about a lot because i think partly because i also have a daughter you know 13 year 14 year old and i don't want her to some you know to limit herself in some ways that i limit myself and the way the indian our indian culture sometimes limits us you know not not because our parents want us to be limited but just because you know we're not such free thinkers in, right. in all ways right i would i mean i've been very impacted by carol dweck's growth mindset yes 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 because as i said so many times when i want to ask a really smart question i ask myself should i ask it is it really a smart question hmm. and i think i what i would advise young people getting out is to just shed it to just shed it it's so difficult in a room full of 30 people 29 may think that was a stupid question. One person doesn't think it's a smart question. That's enough. You know, wow. I think that is so inspiring for, for somebody to just just go ahead and... Yeah. yeah. No, just say, I mean, to me, that's, you know, it's, it, it's uh, you know, the her whole, that whole thinking around the growth mindset and how we limit ourselves because we are good at what we do. And that's the sad thing because we're good at what we do. You know, we don't want to, we don't want to risk looking stupid. I'd say just go. There's always somebody who will support you. Always. Fabulous. Thank Thank you so much for for sharing that, uh, Archana, and that's a beautiful note to end on. And uh, thank you so much for making time. And for, thank you for inviting me. Sheep. It's an absolute pleasure, Archana. As um, as I told you, that it's um, amazing. Yeah, it's a great joy to talk to you. Thank you so much, and I've really enjoyed my soul brew with you. And I, we still are. <laughs> yeah, and we, I hope to see you soon. It's been a while. Yes. I hope that we yes. can meet in person soon. Yes. Take care, and thank you so much. Thank you, Sheep. Thank you for your time and attention and for being a part of Soul Brews with Shiva. Until next week, keep the coffee swirling. <laughs>